Today I finally get to go over a story that you've heard me mention before, but now I finally got my vindication on it and it's officially closed so we can talk about that night I got hit and all the idiocy that has happened since. So I promise I'll try not to go that long, but could get long-winded and teary-eyed, so who knows. But we'll get to all of it, and it's a good one, after a quick word for our friends at Anchor. Welcome to the Jesse Rosinski Show. This one, this one's a long time coming. I've been waiting over two years to be able to finally actually even really say anything. I mean, I've mentioned it a few times, but I couldn't fully actually go into any details because, well, everything was still pending and still ongoing and stupid. Which is actually being, you know, very generous for everything that was going on and the situation that I was in. And honestly, I was supposed to be back in the courtroom today, officially, which would have been two days shy of 26 months of the accident and everything that happened. So I'm grateful that I'm doing this today instead of moving on with my life and, you know, just doing a normal episode, like, you know, everything was fine just because it was still ongoing and I couldn't mention anything. And, you know, I didn't want to complicate anything. You know, I did mention, you know, again, you've heard me mention the accident and stuff, but no one ever got to hear the actual like story at least of what I know went on and the stuff I remember and, you know, everything that was involved in it, just at least from what people have pieced together for me, because I still don't remember any of it. And anyone that's listening to this, if you know my neighborhood, you know, Sean out there, you know, Chuck, because you're like a freak and you have, you can tell me what color my house is before I can. He's got those maps and everything up because you're paranoid. That happens. Uh, but if you've been in the neighborhood there, like Crystal, anyone, Dave, like Terry, Donna, Ed, Eric, like I don't remember anything past the fountain in the ponds at the house crossing to go towards old Chicago that night because I got hit so hard. So I don't remember yeah, anything minus what people told me, but I do remember the whole day leading up to it. And then right when I finally snapped back to, so I'm going to fill in all the details of the whole entire day and all the idiocy that has come from it because it's just mesmerizing really when you think about it, how it, how it all went and, you know, how we even got to the point where we were. Because we shouldn't have been there. I mean, anyone that has a lick of sense and can kind of read a little bit, you know, it's just, it's unfathomable that we got where we were with it. But 
let's go back to let's let's finally start it off. You know, just again the day before Thanksgiving, twenty nineteen. So that was Wednesday, the twenty seventh. It was a normal day, and it, you know, normal day is any for me. I mean, I woke up, had coffee, probably made a protein coffee afterwards. You know, two cups. Why not? Did my workout, showered, did all the normal stuff. Was ready to go, nice and early. Went to run errands with Crystal. We went to old Chicago, saw Michelle, who I know isn't listening, but went and saw her, and she's always been really good to me. So I, you know, need to mention her. Had lunch, you know, had a beer or two. Actually, Michelle wasn't there, was she? No, she wasn't. It was Carissa, I believe. No. Yeah. I think it was Carissa. Anyway, I went there. Everyone in old Chicago is always good to me. I had lunch, went over to Five Star Nutrition, saw Lou and Jared. And, you know, it was, and Austin, can't forget Austin. Yeah, you know, I went and did my normal, got a sample of the new psychotic pre workout so I could try it just to see if anything could get me, you know, a little extra going to break the norm of my workouts, which wasn't anything out of the ordinary for me. Like I still get up and work out now. Yeah, I just, I was on such a roll with it that I just needed a little extra pick-me-up and I was going to see if a pre-workout would do it. Funny story about that pre-workout later. But after that, went to base to go to the commissary to get food for, you know, last minute stuff for Thanksgiving, went to get Dylan. I walked over on the Geiger side of New River Air Station to go walk, you know, meet Shayla's boyfriend, Dylan, and walk him over there, just BS and see what they did with the place in all the years since I was there, which in a little bit of time I got to go is nothing. It's just all those kids walking over to the commissary and all that because they got off for the weekend. We're all disrespectful little scumbags, but what else is new? Uh, went back to the house and the other, yeah, you know, like a normal thing, had another beer or two. Normal. Especially if you knew me back then, that was really, 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 that was actually abnormal to only have a few. But it was anything out in the ordinary. I was there to watch them because Dave was up home hunting. And Crystal had to go to work. Oh, she was at work. She had dinner with Melissa, but we'll get to that. Um, I was there to make sure Dylan and Shayla didn't do anything stupid. And then, they, you know, we, they know they wouldn't. Because I'm pretty sure Dylan thinks that we'll all actually kill him. At least I know I won't. I make no promises about Mama Bear, but I won't do anything. And I had faith in them. I said I was going to go walk up to Old Chicago quick, some potluck type thing or something. There, you know. Now just go and say hi and wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I went on the walk. My last thought was, Jesus H, it's way too humid for any human being to be out here walking. But screw it, it was North Carolina. It's always like that. I didn't think anything of it. And that's the last thing I remember was those ponds and that thought in the neighborhood. And anyone that knows, I mean, it's like a solid another 20 plus minute walk to get from there to where I got hit. That's completely gone. And the hours afterwards, when I got hit, you know, crossing Western by that full size Silverado on foot, you know, 55, 65, whatever in that zone probably on 65 just because i've been on the road enough times now fast people go to make it through that light there and everything just that stretch everyone's going as fast as humanly possible uh, i still don't know why 
there's accidents there all the time and you know people get pulled over there all the time but they still do it and amy got out of her car after i got hit she said she stopped for a second thought it was dead until i lifted my head up like a zombie and she went and pulled my head out of the road because no one was slowing down and i was still laying it no one cared her husband sean went and stopped traffic until everyone got there this is again just what i heard and i was doing good i aged myself a year but i still had everything and crystal and melissa again crystal's at work melissa was there having dinner worked right down the road like they could see the ambulance and all the stuff thinking there's just a bad accident not knowing it was me but apparently i was really good until the emts grabbed my hips and shook them said there was nothing wrong then apparently i tried to start fighting people this is even after i rolled over all on my own with my pelvis in three pieces um yeah i don't remember any of it um apparently though me trying to fight them when they said there's nothing wrong with me apparently that made them think that I was on drugs and the pre-workout packet exploded in my pocket and psychotic pre-workout has MDAA in it, which is why I triggered the field test to say that it was meth. Doesn't I mean if you think about it, pre-workouts I mean that chemical composition like that, like riddling with speed. Like there's a lot of things that are chemically composed as some, you know, same as that, but they don't have the narcotic effect. But that's a whole other story. And I don't feel like playing, you know, chemist today. Not my thing. The only reason I couldn't be a combat engineer is one thing in the Marine Corps I couldn't do. Why? Because I didn't take chemistry. Ain't my cup of tea. In fact, doing anything wasn't my cup of tea, but I don't remember any of it. First thing I remember was hours later, strapped down to a board and finally, you know, like the lights were on the whole time. I wasn't home, but the lights were on. I was answering questions. I was lucid the whole time while they did everything. Um, and they finally turned back on. I gave the always popular, what the f- yeah, they looked up in their helicopter blades over and they said, you're an accident, sir. And then they, I remember them, you know, twisting the thing into the IV and knocking me out for the flight. And that was like the first thing I remembered. So I went from fountain over at the ponds at the beginning of my neighborhood to that. And I want to say there's, you know, a solid couple hours in between the two, which was just mesmerizing, you know, and all like just the confusion. I mean, I was still completely happy and I got a lot of thanks for, you know, being as good as I was about it. Cause you know, that wasn't their fault, but that was the first thing I remember. And then I came to back in Greenville and I had the neck, you know, thing on neck collar, the hard collar, which by the way, sucks. If you have a big head, digging into everything, especially when you can't move and you have no idea what's going on. You can just look up and see the ceiling. If you've ever been in one, you know how much it sucks when you're laying flat on your back. Uh, people asking you questions that you can't, you know, see or move to even see if you wanted to, which wasn't, you know, the funnest thing on the planet. And I didn't recognize any, like first good moment at the hospital is just suddenly I heard this familiar voice of Crystal who apparently left work and flew to Greenville for the amount of time it took her to get there. But, you know, like, or if you wanted to get a new knee, you could have gone down a different route or something of the sort. She called me an asshole. All, all completely understandable and probably deserving at the time. And then, you know, we had the whole catheter thing where they said they're going to start a catheter a little bit, inject some stuff, see if I broke my penis. And I was like, like Johnny Knoxville? And one of them actually got what I was saying. The other one just looked at me confused. Uh, 
they said it was fine, but then, then nothing was broken. Then they still brought me back in. You know, I went and put one in there anyway. And this was way early Thanksgiving morning. And then later on in the day after I had surgery, was supposed to have surgery first thing. And then at 1230, then at 430, and then they take me back until downstairs to do it until like 830 at night. Now, the amount of time I talked to my older sister, Meg. By this time, Brooke was already down here. And it was good to see her, but everything turned real funny real fast when I got to me and your sister talking and decided you're coming to Pennsylvania to recover. Like, well, I have a house and animals and stuff. So, uh, yeah, how about we don't try to run my life? Um, but that was a whole other story. So, brought when she came down to check, like, she was there through and through. Crystal said, I mean, she was there. It was just that controlling thing. That's the part that really killed me. Um, by the way, people, it doesn't help in those situations. You're on a break with someone. Yeah. I'm even talking really because they're trying to control everything. Do not come down there and tell us when, Hey, you just almost died. So we're going to make you travel 600 miles plus from your home and make someone else deal with your animals for months while you recover. Like that is the dumbest way you could ever possibly go about that. Like if you're trying to get, especially if you're trying to get back to someone's good graces, like don't go and try to control their whole entire life to recovery and say, Oh, well, everyone else can deal with it. You're coming to PA. It's like, well, I'm supposed to like travel like Jacksonville without getting out and stretching every 20 minutes, which isn't going to happen. How the hell do you expect me to get up the highway all the way to PA to houses with stairs where people work without the animals? Like, don't be that person. Like that really, really does make you come across as like the biggest scumbag you ever could. And no offense to her. But control is just a big thing, and you shouldn't control people. But again, I did talk to my sister, an older one, on Thanksgiving, amongst other people. But she told me that they already had a bench worn out for me for meth, without running anything to the lab, doing anything. Managed like three or four o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving of all days, they managed to somehow get a bench worn you know, for me. So I already am to arrest Warren, all of her, but, you know, their exact words, they even admitted, like, at the time, it was a bench warrant. And here we go. A bench warrant allows a police officer to take someone into custody to answer criminal charges. However, in the case of a bench warrant, the criminal charges are a violation of the rules of court. In fact, a bench warrant doesn't have to arise from a criminal case. Bench warrants can be issued in any kind of court case. When a judge issues a bench warrant against you, law enforcement is authorized to take you into custody. In other words, even though a bench warrant doesn't have to arise in a criminal case, it can give rise to a criminal charge. The most common violations that lead to bench warrants include failure to show up for a court date, failure to show up for any scheduled court appearance can lead to a bench warrant. A judge can issue one for failing to appear for a traffic ticket or for any court hearing, including an arraignment, pretrial conference, trial, or sentencing. Failure to obey a court order. Court orders come in all shapes and sizes. From neglecting to pay a fine in traffic court to ignoring a restraining order to failing to pay court-ordered child support. Ultimately, a judge issues a bench warrant to get you to appear in court. Once you're there, the judge can either release you on your own recognizance with a warning or take you into custody. The decision depends on your criminal history and the court's assessment of your flight risk. If you don't appear in court, the consequences can be serious. Contempt of court charges carry hefty penalties. In some cases, you can lose your driver's license. In other words... You could be held in custody pending a new court date. Although bail is often available, the bail about may be significant. Like, 
Yeah, and in good news, in most cases, you'll receive a copy of bench warrant notification in the mail, which I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, and I get it, but literally putting out bench warrant and, you know, it's just a type of arrest warrant literally four hours after I got hit. Getting someone to sign it at three, four o'clock on Thanksgiving morning, which means no one was there. I'd like to know how they got anyone to sign off on that complaint. It was J.R. Rohrer, JPD, and witness was M. Madden, JPD, issued literally on Thanksgiving, way too early in the morning, way, yeah, leave the date of that shown, let's see, to any officer with authority and jurisdiction to execute a warrant for arrest for the offenses charged below, I, the undersigned find that there is probable cause to believe that on or about the date of offense shown and in the county named above, the defendant named above unlawfully, willfully, and feloniously did possess methamphetamine, a controlled substance, which is included in Schedule 2 of the North Carolina Substance Abuse Act. Signed, best part, C.T. Riggs, magistrate, at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving. No looking into anything. No sending it off to actually get tested. No going to five star and confirming what, you know, I told everyone at the hospital and all that. No, no. Why would they do that? Why would anyone do that? Why would they actually like do the due diligence and do their actual job instead of just completely fisting someone and getting someone to sign off on something at three or four o'clock in the morning on a federal holiday? I'll still never understand that one. Because, yeah, you know, that's just amazing. You know, with literally nothing, they got a bench warrant signed of all things, which, you know, again, failure to appear in most of the stuff. Like, and again, who am I to hate on them? But that was the way it all started. And then, yeah, I was at the hospital forever waiting on someone to even you know, come and say a word to me, do anything. Like, no one said a word to me. No one went to Five Star to confirm to see the tape or anything for over a month and get samples. No one looked at my labs. No one did anything. They just went straight to a warrant, probably because they guessed I, don't know, I was laid out in the middle of the road and I was dead. And then it turns out they said there was another guy. There's people that since we've you know talked to the police once because you know they don't return calls or anything. And then COVID, um, but there's someone that looked like me that had problems before. So they just assumed that I was him, and immediately threw a warrant out instead of actually looking into anything. And this came directly from a sheriff's department's mouth that I looked like someone else. So they immediately just went to that. And that's how all of this idiocy started. That's why there's supposed to be a system and how you actually do things and guidelines and all of that. So you don't put innocent people into garbage situations because you jump the gun, don't actually do your job. I don't ask for much for people, but when you're in that situation, do your job. This is why one of the reasons why people have zero faith in the system or anyone, because there's idiots that do stuff like this all the time. And then after I finally got out of the hospital, though, I'm moving on before I get angry. You know, and I was in there forever because the VA is a bunch of idiots. We all know that. Like they literally talked to the caseworker for me at the hospital twice a day, but didn't think to, I don't know, call my room and they couldn't get a hold of me on my cell phone because the cops had it. Um, to call the hospital to get a hold of me to figure out where to send 
the wheelchair so I could actually like get out, which is just mesmerizing that it, they didn't have that thought. Neither did the caseworker. Like it's mesmerizing. Um, and after I got home, which was a fun trip, you know, but I got home, things were good. You know, I went and saw everybody, apologized to everyone. Everyone told me to shut up, get better, you know, all of that. And I didn't hear anything of it until January one night. I believe it was January, right after I got home, at least. Um, whereas it rang at the doorbell like 1130 at night. Uh, yeah. And there was five of them outside. When I rolled to the door and they looked like they were going to like fall over dead because they expected some big meth kingpin. And said it was some guy that still had scars and bloody holes all over the place in a wheelchair. And then another funny thing I learned when they did try to take me in for said warrant. And they did try to get out of it. I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't move. No one cared, but they went and they got the crutches and they stood on each side of me, even though I wasn't supposed to be putting any pressure on any of my legs, really, for more than a few seconds. Because I still couldn't put any pressure on my left leg at that point, which was awesome. But they went and got the crutches because I couldn't take a wheelchair into jail if they brought me in. Like, that's the most mesmerizing part. Like, you couldn't bring a wheelchair in that you have to sit in to get around, but you can bring in crutches which are actually a blunt object, which I still can't even understand how that even makes any sense to anyone's deranged mind. But wheelchair, you're stuck in the move, hard to swing and do all that. Crutches you can bring in I for safety things, I said too, like into their jail. Like I'll never fully understand that one. Uh, but they brought me back home because there was a problem there. And he said, I told the truth. So he, and yeah. He didn't feel like taking me home. I mean, locking me up over it. And then by next business day, he called, you know, left a card in the door and told us to call him back and said that he got to the DA and got the warrant dropped because he went and talked to five stars, saw the tape, went and got samples to send off because they still hadn't done anything yet at that point. This was over a month later. He talked to the magistrate because my, because my, you know, talk screen was clear. There's nothing in there. My criminal record was clear, just like everything I said. Funny story, years later, uh, yeah, turns out as of July 2nd, when they got Hannah for speeding, which she never even got it before, she got a warning, uh, and I was in the back of the cop car because they ended up taking me in because the warrant never did get squashed, and it was fun talking to the sheriff's deputy, and he went, well, she took off up there. Like, bro, she was going 55. He's like, I know, like, it, it, the speed limit's a 55 right there until you get to the, you know, convenience center for the trash. I'm like, oh, is it? So, you know, they got me for that. I had to bail myself out. And I was, you know, technically falsely arrested in prison and all kinds of things for all of that, for something I didn't do. Um, which is still just funny when I think about, you know, to bail myself out for something I didn't do because no one did their due diligence at all. Uh, I still don't have my property back. There's still a lot of things I don't have that I had two court dates since then, had my first appearance, uh, went back again after that, got a continuance because they didn't have any lab results back yet. Um, then I asked them that one was supposed to go until today for six months and turns out, well, they got the lab results and they finally did it. And I wish I could say the boulders off my back, you know, there's all this like release of all this stress and tension and all kinds of things, but there isn't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to get it to me, but you know, I just, 
have a problem with all the resources wasted and all the people that rushed and did everything out of protocol, which every police officer I talked to there, whether it was, yeah, that day they arrested me that night when they came to try to get me for, you know, in January, right after I got home from the hospital, like, like so much idiocy had to go into people not doing their due diligence and just assuming that, you know, I was the guy that they got before, you know, not actually like doing anything, just immediately getting it, getting done, clearing me out of the road and going and getting a warrant signed immediately. Like no samples, no actually tests, sending that off to a lab, which they're supposed to do to see if it was what they thought it was. And if my story was, you know, like holding up and true, granted it wasn't coming out of my mouth. No one talked to me, but yeah, there are people in between. They could talk to the headphones and like, like there's just so much bad actors going on. Um, And that's my big problem with it. Like a giant waste of everyone's time, resources, court dates, like the lab, yeah, it took them forever to do it, which would have taken like 30 seconds if they just put it in and got it done because it happened before COVID. Again, happened in like right before COVID, but I mean, it took like it takes what five seconds to mix a pre workout? Like, it doesn't take that long to actually put it into a machine and get it over with. And things like this should not drag out for over two years with someone getting arrested for something they do, bailing themselves out, wait oh, for a five minute test that should have happened, which everyone has agreed to include lawyers I've talked to. Before they went and put the arrest warrant out anyway, let alone, sorry, a bench warrant in the first place, which that went, how the hell did they get that signed off on? Like, this is coming from police officers and lawyers and stuff. And like, you weren't even like anything yet. Like, they should have sent it off before they did anything. And that's probably what I have the biggest problem with. Do I want to talk to the DA just to say what the, and see what could happen? Like, yes, because... It happened to me. I know it's happening to all kinds of people all over the place. Just some people not doing due diligence. And they, I'm telling you, they probably just rushed through it thinking I was that guy. Oh, he's dead. He just got hit by a truck. You know, it probably all, I mean, I, I hate to say that that's how I feel, but that's how I feel about it. They thought it was that other guy. Then screw it. What? He's given us problems for months and months. Like they said, I just happened to look like the guy. It wasn't him. Then screw it. Get him thinking I was just going to, or I was just going to be dead. So they weren't going to have to deal with it. And it would just die right there. And that would go quietly into the night when the lab result came back. And that there wouldn't be a human being on the other side that has literally been like, like with all the issues I have health and everything, like I didn't need them trying to say I was a meth addict. Like I've never seen a meth addict put on. Wait, like this, the tooth. Yeah. That got knocked out when I hit Western with my face. Like, and I'd really like, to, regardless of anything, I'm going to get money. I, I, if I can get money out of it, that's great. I don't really care. I just want to know how the hell something this, like, ridiculous has ever happened. Could happen. Like, it's not supposed to happen. And I have that many people, whether they're in federal levels, local levels, sheriffs, police departments, there's lawyers, there's people that work, federal police stuff, like, like, all this stuff across the board and magistrates up to, you know, cause I've seen one or two since then during this whole process, they said, that's not supposed to happen. I want to know how the hell it happened and how it took this long for them to actually rectify anything and vindicate me of everything, you know, all the nonsense and be like, yeah, well, you were telling the truth. 
like, I don't think that's asking too much just to sit down and talk to the guy. Will I ever get to? Who knows? But I think it's a very fair request to look yeah, them straight in the eye and say, what the f- happened here? And how the f- do we stop it from ever happening again? Because it shouldn't. Like, you know, like if you really think it's something in a field test, which everyone knows are unreliable, just like they say about the rapid test for COVID, not as reliable as the PCRs. Wait till those come in. You know, it's the same thing. And I shouldn't have like this stack of like, you know, just warrants and all kinds of other stuff because people like, you know, just rush to judge everything because they thought I was someone else and they'd get it over quick and I'd be gone. Like, that's just bad. Dumb. And for all the people that were there, yeah, while I was losing my mind, I mean, I appreciate you, yeah. Monica, for your nice words on the voicemail and all the text, but the voicemail is still on my phone. I'll never delete that. Um, Kaylee, Michelle, Sammy even, ex-wife. I mean... She's probably there the least out of all these people I mentioned. Um, but still at least had a few, like, you know, good words that first week after I got hit. I mean, we've pretty much been right back to not talking at all, but I didn't expect anything better from it. Um, but she was there. My sister, Brooke, when she was there. Crystal, Dave, and Shayla for coming up there. And making sure I was fed and watered, you know, until my stubborn ass was up and making my own food, which I'm pretty sure was in like a week and a half. Now, week, I finally figured everything out and was, well, deal with it. I can cook now. But they came. I made sure I was fed. And sure I didn't die trying to get in and out of the bathtub. Uh, they've washed my hair the one time. So I can't forget that. Walked up here to wheel me down to their house just so I could be a little bit of a, you know, regular human being right away uh, that didn't disclude me from anything. Sean was good to me. Amanda, no, you're listening. You were good to me. Alex, the few times we did get to see each other, he still came down. He was busy with work and life and motorcycle clubs and everything, but he's still there. Drew, you hear me talk nothing. You know, good of really, because it's a political show. We talk about politics and I still think he's completely backwards and and him calling us all conspiracy theorists when everything keeps coming true is wrong. But you know what? Through all the differences that we had politically, you know, and we didn't really even hit on politics before that. But, you know, while I was going through all of my garbage when I was a miserable prick at the townhouse, there was Drew. He was still there. When his sister left, she still blamed me for it, which I still want to get to the bottom of that. But, like, Gila, he was there. He'd call me and check in on me like a lot. Um, then everything, yeah, like then everything got all weird starting like around the time very soon after I got hit. But you know, he was still there um, for you know while I was in that wheelchair, and I finally got my phone back. He was there. When I say I got my phone back, I mean, one bought one because heaven forbid I could still have my property back yet. But that's, again, another story. But Drew was there. You know, he was really, really there. And no matter how bad things are, I'm still eternally grateful for him being one of the people that, you know, 
still checked in on me because most, most 99% of my family members didn't even care. I got like a text or two. And then while well, they dried up and stopped responding, it is what it is. Just saying, it's like they were still there. My aunts were there. Nick and Marissa, hey, putting you both together, I know, but you were both there and good to me. Through Snapchat and text and all kinds of stuff. Like there were a lot of good people that were there for me. Mike was there a few times. And they didn't talk to me like, it, there are so many of you, mom and dad, granny, you know, that, that did good by me. Um, and I really, really do appreciate that. Like, I really do. Like, the eyes are trying to well up now. Like, you guys did not have to be there. And when I told you what happened, you had my back and you believed me. And you were right there by my side. And would have been there for this one all the way to the end. And they tried to get me to like court and do something about a pre-workout packet. Like there's so many of you that would have been there. You know, if I needed you at the drop of a hat, because you know how good of a person I am and you've been there through me with me through everything. And for that, I'm eternally grateful for all of them. Every single one of you, the people that listen to this, Hannah, Donna, Ed, Eric, Terry and Ernie, like there's so many people out there. And uh, I don't, this isn't over for me. Um, not yet, not by a long shot. It's not over. I'm going to like keep trying to talk to the DA and everybody just to see how the hell this even like happened. But I know that I'll have all those people and more. If I forgot anyone, I tried to go through all the names. I'm not good at remembering things, but everyone was there. And, you know, doesn't go without, you know, I noticed all of it. And I appreciate it more than anyone knows, but I can say that after over two years, I can officially say that everything that I said was true about me has been proven to be true. And I'm finally vindicated of all the nonsense and the BS and the idiocy that they tried to throw on me. So I greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, uh, don't forget who was actually there for you, regardless of your status with them now. Never forget the people that were good to you. So with that said, I'm going to jump off. Don't forget to share, 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 share. Sorry if it just glitched and twitched out on you. Um, share it out to everyone. I think this is a good one. It has nothing to do with politics, and no one should be offended by this, but share it out. And I greatly appreciate it. Again, comment. Let me know what you think. Follow along if you're not following us the first time. But please share it out. I appreciate you. Be good to each other. I'm going to plug this thing in because I forgot the charger wasn't plugged in. That was it telling me you're about to die. And I really do love you. I'll be back on Friday with an all new one, all kinds of stuff to talk about from Joe, but we'll get to that Friday. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Share it out. Be good to each other. And until Friday, check out the episodes that I share from the past throwbacks, share this out. And until Friday, my friends, peace.